16 of the Bridgeport Tone Podcast. I'm Carlos Ortega. Christmas is right around the corner. We've got a few things to talk about, mainly about Christmas, mainly about a few other things. But right now, let's talk about the one thing that gets me going and the show. And you know what it is. It's Billy Doggett. That's what I want to focus on is what in the world happened in 2022. It was amazing. It was amazing for the people and the citizens of Bridgeport, Connecticut. And it was amazing because a lot of people made it that way. They made it that way because there was a whole lot of stuff going on. Lauren Smith Fields. That's the first one that came to mind. Her death was shocking. It made national attention. It also made the attention of a lot of people because on that same day, another lady, by the way, passed away also on that day. And the police officers totally mishandled it. Lots of stuff happened this past year. And a lot of stuff, then what I'm going to bring up, you know, laid blame on the then acting chief, Rebecca Garcia, to this day. And I'm going to stand by it until somebody proves me otherwise. Laid the blame on her shoulders, which was, as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to blame her for the actions of other police officers, detectives, who should know better, okay. But it's not reflective back then of her as the acting police chief like a lot of other people made it out to be. That, to me, was not fair. The rank and file, in my own opinion, acting like dicks. And when that well-publicized death 
of Lauren Smith feels, by the way, I don't know if it's the fault of the police department or what have you, is still unsolved. How did she die? They have one autopsy saying she died of an accidental overdose. The facts are this. She's no longer here. That's a reality of this. She's no longer here. So, however she died really is not any relevance to what I'm about to say right now because that's a fact. How she died is a fact also. And the families wanted their own autopsy because they can't or blame. Let's put it this way. They don't like what the state did in the first autopsy. So they had their own. Autopsies take time. This is not Quincy. This is not um, law and order. This isn't medical examiner's office saying, wow, that takes more time than that. It's not a TV show. These things take time. They got to do blood tests. They got to do drug tests, urine samples. How did she die? Did she die of any other way besides an accidental overdose? So these things take time. So now, with the fact that her medical examiner's report, the ME, says that it was accidental overdose, they wanted their own independent medical examiner, pathologist, better word for it, to do their own. And I think the whole world's medical examiner's report, independent pathologist, Mr. Crossland, will you tell us where is that independent medical examiner report is? Or are you going to be a lawyer and say, we don't have to give one out? Well, you ask for a medical examiner, you ask for an independent medical examiner. Why in the world will you not give out the report? Is it a report that's similar to what the state examiner had examined? That it was an accidental overdose of fentanyl? That was the drug that she overdosed accidentally. And also some mistakes were made. Absolutely, mistakes were definitely made by the police officers, detectives, who were put on leave. They questioned the guy. He was a Boy Scout. And that's not going to fly anymore. They're going to be, they should be re-interviewed, re-whatever. But here's the problem that I have. And it's going to be a problem always. Problem is that if you're going to sit there and you're going to say you want justice, justice works both ways. You can't have your justice and they say they have their justice. And then what you get? Yes, shit. You're not getting justice. I want my own independent pathologist to re-examine Lawrence Smithfield. Fine. Where are the results? We have to know too. And you know who's saying that? Not me. Police department. The state. Were there mistakes made? That's all. Did we make a mistake during this? Did we make a mistake during that? And it's going to be, as far as I know, six months, and I'm giving them tops, that they finally got that body to examine. Hello. But everybody got involved in this. City council people got involved in this. City council want. Rebecca Garcia to resign and then my question to all of them what did she do wrong really what did she do wrong nearly a year ago did she find out that the police officers fucked up 
Of course she did. And they went about it, did a little discipline on them. And then after all the union hoo-ha, they said, nah, they're going back to work. Is that her fault? Somebody tell me, is that her fault? I would like somebody to tell me what the fuck did Rebecca Garcia do wrong? Nobody hasn't said anything. Nobody wants to say anything. And right now, at this point, she's no longer the chief. I don't give a shit now. But the fact of the matter is, it doesn't work that way. You got to find out what she did wrong. What did she do wrong? Now, we see the mayor again a months later was going back, trying to be in this kumbaya moment. Really? Come on. Here's the thing. If you want justice, and as I said it again, I'm going to keep on saying it until the days of kingdom come, come by way, can't have your cake and eat it too. If you want justice, you want justice the way everybody wants justice in this country, you're going to have to say, okay, here's the results. Here's what really happened. Here's what's been done. Because if you don't, you're going to repeat the same old mistakes over and over and over again until you guys finally realize. And what I mean by you guys, it doesn't matter who. It could be John L. Crossland. It could be any other lawyer out there. It could be anybody who's protesting. It could be a city council person. It could be anybody. You want justice, you better produce it. If people make mistakes, you better produce it. That's the one thing about this particular incident that I, I only am looking at and saying, if you want justice, produce it. You can't get justice by being outside of City Hall or the Margaret Morton building and say, Mayor Gannam should resign. Chief Garcia should resign. It ain't working that way anymore. Produce justice. That should be a terminology. Produce justice. And if you can't produce justice, the next person has to produce justice. And that's the funny thing about this. Because everybody wants justice, but they can't produce it. Can't produce it. Gotta produce something. You want to produce something? Hey, why don't you go around there at the medical examiner's office and the independent pathologist and say, oh, where are the results? Where are the pathology results on this particular case? Produce justice or shut the fuck up. End of the story.
Eagles. They're classic. They put out a lot of classics. <laughs> the Eagles have. So take that under consideration. And here's a classic for you from this past year. Anita Martinez and Maria Pereira. In my opinion, the worst, the worst political feud ever. The worst. I mean, you might as well get these two in a ring and let them have at it. (laughs) They were the worst. I mean, Anita says one thing. Maria doesn't say anything or may take a pot shot or two at her. But this was the worst and the silliest political feud that I've ever, I mean, ever seen and heard. It's all over social media. And they have calmed it down a little. I don't know why. To me, it's probably, just probably, Maria Pereira had some medical issues. Her medical issues are on medical issues, so wish her the best of luck on that. But, I mean, he got to the point of being darn petty. It also turned out to be legitimate in the Marcus Brown Harrigan, Jack Hennessy primary where there must have been a little ballot fraud or voter fraud and she went out after him. So there's some things to this that were petty. But also Anita Martinez did call her a drug addict. Addicted to painkillers. Addicted to a whole bunch of other stuff. Lied about some real estate deal. Lied about a whole bunch of things. I do not know if that's even accurate or not. I don't even keep track anymore of what's accurate or not. But it's the worst political feud that I've ever seen. It's more like, you did this. Hey, you did that. You're five years old. You're 10 years old. Oh, I'm growing up. I'm 15. No, you're still 10 years old. And you're back to being five. Thing about political feuds. It's just that. Political feuds. You have to be um, telling people. It's just me. You have to be telling people. You have to have some legitimate things to say about your political adversary. Case in point. For calling... Ernie the Hat Newton, a convicted felon. Well documented. Ernie Newton did go to jail. Spent some time in jail. It's not anything that's not been told and not been written in the newspapers or in an internet blog or what have you. He did serve time in prison. That's pretty much what it was. You know, he got, she got, I should say, censured by the city council. Maria Pereira did. And that would be something that people like anyone out there who has a little uh, vendetta to go out there and say, hey, you got censured by the city council for saying that Ernie Newton was a convicted felon, which, by the way, is the truth. He did go out, was convicted or pled guilty to a crime, but he did go to jail. So then... We see many of the well-documented stuff that Anita Martinez has gone through, you know, with the whole Keystone Bar thing and thing about Nair Nixon and her mother coming out in no support of her getting back her city council seat. It tends to 
be a little, and I mean a little, personal. Because nobody wants her back on the city council. Nobody. You think the city council wants her back on the city council? I do not know. But for me, if I'm a city council person, hey, Anita Martinez, you're the last person I want to see representing the 138th, 39th, whichever district. But you know the district that you're representing. Ernie Newton's there. He knows. But that's besides the point. Even if people in that district want Anita Martinez to represent them, they wouldn't vote for her. They know what's happened. Anita Martinez doesn't need Maria Pereira to go out there and say, hey, hearing all that and hearing the worst feud, political feud in Bridgeport, if anybody knows of any political feuds that are better than this or worse than this, please tell me. I do not know of any. But this is one of the most petty, stupidest feuds ever in the city of Bridgeport. I don't know who caused it. I just go by what I read on social media. And that's that. My thing is this. If you're going to cause a political feud that may cost you something along the way, wouldn't you do the whole world a favor and say, yeah, you know, I think I should calm it down a little. Just go out there and say, okay, yeah, let me try to win back the people in their good graces in my district and so forth. Let me get back with old Ernie Newton and let me go out there and uh, represent. Because let me tell you something. When it comes to Maria Pereira in her district, and I'm saying her district, she has support. She has a ton of support. That's no denial. She has all kinds of support for herself in that district. They love her. Don't ask questions why. Don't say, oh, she's or she's addicted to Oxycontin. She's addicted to a fentanyl. She's addicted to a whole bunch of other prescribed drugs. Hey, like I said earlier, hey, Anita, prove it. I've seen some of your proof. It sucks. You need to produce facts. Produce. I say it again in consecutive moments. You gotta produce it. Show us. Don't come with your charm and good looks and say, she does this. She does that. She's addicted to Oxycontin. She's addicted to fentanyl. She's addicted to all kinds of prescribed drugs. Really? Produce the facts. That's all you have to do. Produce it. Don't tell on social media that she is because that's going to make you sound so petty and so non-consequential that even if you put your name on the ballot in the district, you won't get any support for it. You have to be better than that. Have to be better than that. Because if you're not, because if you're not better than that, you got to produce something, then you're sounding like the petty person that everybody thinks you. I do not know that personally. I'm not going by any rumors. I'm not going by any of that. I'm just going by what you have said on social media. And what you've said about Maria Perra on social media, hey, Produce it. Produce the evidence. Tell us 
what you know. And if you can't produce it, guess what? Then you're going to be marginalized. And it's not going to be easy being marginalized in your district. And I hope another thing, that the city council takes a vote and would like to seat somebody for that district who's part of the 138th district, that is, 139th. Leave it open. You have enough votes in there. You have so many Democrats representing the city. You really don't need to fill a seat. If Ernie Newton can't represent that district by himself, there's no need to have Ernie Newton there. Just leave it vacant. You have an upcoming election coming up. Why cause more harm than good? We need to fill a seat. We need to have people who are going to be there for the people in that district. Hold your horses. The people in that district already have Ernie Newton. He knows what he's doing. He's doing a very competent job. Do the whole world a favor. Leave it vacant until the primary, the election, and then you could swear somebody in in that district. If it's Anita Martinez, fine. If it's not, that's fine too. But leave it vacant. I think they're going in that direction of leaving it vacant. So this year in the city of Bridgeport, in one of the worst nickel and dime stuff, whatever you want to call it, this was the worst political feuds. Personal maybe, but political feuds ever. There have been some, but this one goes under the heading of ever. Back after this. The finest.
That is the SOS Band, one of the more underrated bands of R&B. Produced by the legendary Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. It was a wonderful record, and it's a record that I want to play because... To the music I play, I don't know the rights to it. I want to play this because I want to wish to find us to a lot of things. Not going on in Bridgeport or what have you, but in general. Just, you know, just give the finest that I can give out to people. And just for my own well-being, hey, you know, either get better or improve, you know, do a lot of good things out there. You know, however you want to put it, however you want to say or not be such assholes as some of you people are or some organizations are. That's all, you know, just don't be total knuckleheads, bums, losers, ass wipes. And these guys aren't losers because they're not any of that bums and ass wipes. I want people at the local diners to be the finest that they are. Nowadays, diners are not open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. James Brown said, all night diners keep us awake on black coffee and on a hard roll. Well, that's not happening lately. A lot of the 24-hour diners going by the wayside. Very few are open. Few of them are starting up very early, like around 7 o'clock. And... I'm not going to say that's a problem because I think that's the way things are. Insurance and at night, after you get out of the club, people get drunk after that $100 bottle service that you get at the club, VIP, and then they start a fight. Diners don't need that anymore. They're tired of it. That's why they close. That's why they either close at 6 or 9 or even 3 o'clock in the afternoon diners are there for a reason they're there to serve you they're not there to serve your damn alcoholic issues and if they did they'd be doing one thing telling you to go home and pour yourself some cheerios with milk they don't need your bullshit and the reason why they say they don't need your bullshit is because they close in early and early is either three, either seven, either nine, or heck, even at midnight. They don't want to deal with you assholes anymore who get drunk, have to pay insurance and liabilities that's coming out of their pockets, not yours. You never thought of that when you go to a diner after you had that bottle service? I want to wish the finest an improvement to the healthcare industry. I mean, for crying out loud... I do not want to bounce from healthcare system to healthcare system, meaning hospitals, and try to find out what the fuck is wrong with me. I'm sick of it. I'm jumping from Yale to Hartford Healthcare, now to New Vance, to find out what the hell is wrong with me. That's bullshit. Yet doctors have plastered their face and Hearst Media Newspapers saying, oh, we got this great technology that we're having with um, whatever the hell they call it. I mean, come on. You want to find out what's wrong with your fucking patients first instead of making headlines? Please. Your patients 
are your livelihood. Not getting in front of the Connecticut Hearst Media, whatever fucking paper you want to get in front of, and telling them, hey, this is the next big thing in surgery or improvement on surgery. Let me tell you, jerk something. We don't give a shit. We want to be well. We hardly want to see you. We really don't want to see you. But if you continue on this path, and instead of finding out what's wrong with people, you will lose patience. Not only literally, but in their mind. So wake the fuck up. Please, just wake the fuck up. I don't wish to find this to people who like fucking with other spouses. And I mean men and women. And I mean that because, remember what I mentioned last week about a woman telling my friend not to go out with them for breakfast and so forth, and she came back with a hi, hello, and no? Well, I witnessed that again. And it happened to me. And how I handled it is this. I said, okay. I didn't delete her from my social page. But I also am ignoring the person. I'm ignoring the person. You know, there comes a point in time and reason where you try to be a nice guy and a woman tries to be a nice woman. But in all instances, being nice sucks. It fucking sucks because it does suck. Nobody gives a shit about a nice guy because a nice woman and a nice guy preferably finishes last. And to some, being nice and being in last, they're getting tired of it. You know what they say? The old nice guys finish last. They're tired of it. They're very tired of it. And you know, they're going to say, Carlos, you're on a big spiel. You there's bigger fish in the sea. I'm sorry. If there's a bigger fish in the sea, I would have caught it by now. And a woman would have caught it also. And another thing in that same ledger, stop women saying that you found your soulmate. It's just a women. Just a women. You say you found your soulmate. Okay, great. You know what you actually found? You found a guy with a big dick. That's all you found. You found a guy with a big dick. And then that dick got big enough for another woman. Or you probably cheated on the big dick. He found out and said, forget this shit. I don't need her. So please, ladies, especially the ladies, stop saying you found your soulmate. I'm sorry, you didn't. That is the biggest cliche I've ever heard in my whole entire life. You found your soulmate. Really? I haven't. I'm still single. Nobody hasn't said, Hey, Carlos, you're my soulmate. Please, that is so inaccurate. You didn't find your soulmate. How? Where? Better yet, how and where did you find your soulmate? So please, you say you found your soulmate, great. I'm just going to tell you 
within the sound of my lips, through the ringing of my ears, you haven't found one. You're still looking for one. And in the end of it, that man ain't around. They don't exist. They bite, but they don't. So please do the world a favor. Stop saying you found your soulmate. Once again, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Take care, everybody. Be safe. This is the Bridgeport Zone Podcast. starts to kick you around, and you find yourself flat on the ground, but it's a sure one to five, there'll be someone to jive you, and try to keep bringing you down, now for a while you might take that abuse, and convince yourself to stay loose, but then one day he'll throw you away, and say you're good for nobody's use, but then I'll come your way, turn your blackest night into day. When you're needing it bad, cause a rough time's too bad, I'm gonna look at you and I'm gonna say, Who loves you, baby? Who loves you, baby? By now you ought to know. Who loves you, baby? Well, I can't always let it show. Who loves you, baby? By now you really ought to know. This is one thing I don't want to blow Baby, baby, won't you tell me Tell me what I want to know Baby, baby, won't you tell me Tell me what I want to know If you wake up one day feeling ugly Thinking you're 10 or 12 pounds overweight but just know I don't care if there's gray in your hair If there's hair at all, I think that's just great Now this carnival life that we're riding Gives no one the room to start hiding So I don't want to hear that you've turned a deaf ear To my words and started backsliding Cause then I'll come your way Turn your blackest night into day When you're needing it bad Cause the rough times you bad I'm gonna look you straight in the eye, baby And I'm gonna say who loves you, baby? Who loves you, baby? Oh, now you ought to know. Who loves you, baby? This is one thing I don't want to blow. Baby, baby, won't you tell me? Tell me what I want to know. Baby, baby, won't you tell me? Tell me what I want to know. Baby, baby, won't you tell me? Who loves you, baby? Tell me what I want to know. I'm the one.